Hey sis! From coast to coast, we're bridging the gap between the cisgender and transgender community, creating meaningful dialogue and space to learn and grow. Join us as we connect with our community, break down tough conversations, and get comfortable being better humans. Having a non-binary mentor to talk to, uh, it helped alleviate my fears of like, what if I'm not non-binary enough? Like, what if I'm not androgynous enough? What if I'm not queer enough? Um, and wow. my mentor took, <laughs> they took one look at me and said, no, you're, <laughs> I can tell, I can just tell. Like, you know. Did you have a role model growing up? Someone you could possibly see yourself in, someone with similar passions, goals, values to your own. Everyone deserves a role model, and that is the motto at Proud Pairs, a one-to-one -one mentorship program connecting 2SLGBTQ plus youth with 2SLGBTQ plus adults in the Halifax Regional Municipality. This program, which is currently in its first wave, is founded by Lauren Sabat, a graduate of St. Francis Xavier University. After being positively impacted by her own 2SLGBTQ plus mentors in university, Lauren became passionate about launching Proud Pairs to bring the transformative experience of mentorship to other young people. Today, Lauren and Lily, a mentee of the program, join us here on HeySys to talk about the importance of mentorship for 2SLGBTQ plus individuals, why having a role model is something many cisgender people take for granted, and the impact the program has had on the lives of 2SLGBTQ plus youth in Nova Scotia. Welcome to HeySys, Lauren and Lily. Thank you so much, Sin and Isaac. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you both. And uh, so firstly, the program, uh, Lauren, it's uh, it's now a few weeks underway after uh, many months of behind the scenes funding, training and coordinating. Tell us, uh, how, how's it all going? Well, uh, early days, so I don't want to speak too definitively here, but I think it's going well so far. I've started the first round of uh, monthly check-ins with mentors and mentees where they uh, get a chance to individually sit down with me over Zoom uh, and check in to see how things are going and if things are progressing safely and in a fun um, constructive way. Uh, and so far, people seem to be having a good time. I'm happy to hear that more programs are, and initiatives are coming out um, focused on 2SLGBTQ plus youth in particular, um, especially connecting with adults because finding mentors within the community is extremely difficult. And to have a program that not only does the difficult work of matching people up, <laughs> but just provides the space for those types of conversations is, is critical. Um, so uh, Lily, you're on the mentee side of the program and uh, what kind of drew you into to it? Yeah, so I just started as a mentee. Um, I've done, I've been a mentor for more academic things and I know how beneficial having just a general partnership can be, but I've, I haven't seen anything that was, there's a lot of academic programs out there that match people up. Um, but not so much on the 2S LGBTQ plus side. Um, I have lots of friends who are very supportive of me, um, but none of them are necessarily in the, like identify in the same way that I do. So I decided I wanted to meet more people in the community, especially um, 
older people like adults that um, have gone through the kind of thing that I'm going through now just with um, uh, self-discovery and identification and things like that. Um, and so far it's really been a transformative experience. I've only had two meetings with my mentor so far, um, but already I find myself being able to relate to them and talk to them about things that uh, my friends just they would be able to sympathize, but not necessarily empathize with. Yeah. It really is something that, you know, a lot of like that cisgender people would, they just take for granted that, you know, that idea of connection and, and representation. And we're excited to hear more about like, you know, the specifics of what you, you know, and your um, mentor have gotten up to in that. But first I just thought um, I'd ask Lauren, um, maybe would you mind like sharing when we first talked, um, perhaps you could share a little bit about your own experiences, like coming out to your family and what sparked your desire to create this program. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I uh, discovered I was gay when I was 12. Um, and I kept that really bottled up for the years to come. Uh, I found it to be a very isolating experience. And I was just terrified of having any of my friends, even my closest friends, who really I had no, wor no reason to worry that they would react badly. Um, but I just didn't want that part of myself out there for fear of being ridiculed or fear of being seen as different, even in the slightest ways. Um, so it was a very isolating experience in my teen years. And I came out uh, to my parents at 16 um, and it didn't go as well as I would have liked it to um, without getting into too many details. There were just uh, conversations about like, you are too young for this, you can't know yourself. Um, and a lot of talk about uh, two SLGBTQ folks having a hard life, or it's just like too hard of a life. Don't choose that path. Uh, it's a sad, lonely existence. And that uh, really impacted me because I didn't feel like I had any role models or mentors to look up to. Uh, and I couldn't really see happy queer future for myself. So um, a, lot of, a lot of challenges that came from that, and I was lucky enough to have a professor in my second year of university um, who was gay and actually runs her own uh, LGBTQ psychology lab. So I got involved in her research and I took like four classes with her and then I took a class with her wife and I ended up dog sitting for her and her wife. So over the years, oh, wow. taking all of these classes, I know, right? It's such a great experience and such a St. Effects experience too, like the small school and getting to know your professors so well. Um, but through those classes, through the research conferences, dog sitting, and just talking with them, um, I got a lot of advice. I got to hear their experiences and, um, and I learned a lot from what they had to say about navigating life as to SLGBTQ. So just having that positive representation of two people who are clearly very happy and satisfied with their lives as gay women um, was just absolutely life-changing. And that's where the idea for Proud Pairs came is um, I was walking their dog one day <laughs> and I just thought like, oh, I am so grateful for the luck I've had in, in finding my mentors. 
And I want to bring that experience to other to us LGBTQ plus youth. I love that. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of my own background and like, it, I, I, without going into my story by any means, but I'm very, very similar. I had supportive parents, but when I was um, younger, just, I was very young when I came out and a lot of folks were like, you don't know who you are. And it was so hard at that age to see, even in media, just like successful queer people. <laughs> um, it was always talking about queer homelessness rates, queer suicide rates, queer anything negative rate. Um, but you never learned about queer professionals or people who were in, especially academia, I find a lot of them are very closeted or quieted about their identities. So having that connection and just even, I can't remember the statistics, um, Sin probably knows that <laughs> off the top of her head, but where it's, if, if one, two SLGBTQ plus person knows someone or has like one person that supports them, the suicide rate just plummets. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what you're helping create right now through, through this program. That's totally it. All those awful statistics. If you've got one person in your life, they used to say like a family member, but that isn't always the case, but like a mentor or someone like that, basically the statistics for youth, they revert back to um, the exact same statistics for cisgender um, straight kids. So like, it's, it's really like you're saying, Isaac, it is, it's about having that, that support for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you said that because uh, this goes back to what Lily was saying too about being a part of all of these mentorship programs previously. Um, but it is hard to find that representation within the 2S LGBTQ plus community because oftentimes we grow up in families headed by cisgender and heterosexual people. And um, we learn the ways of life. Like we learn how to navigate life in our families. So if there's a 2S LGBTQ plus youth in a, in a cishet family, it's kind of difficult. Um, even if you have the most accepting parents in the world, you're still gonna struggle with that uh, aspect of finding someone else with lived experience. And where do you go within the community to find those older mentors? Because intergenerational connections are quite hard to build sometimes within the community. So um, yeah, I, I was hoping that this might provide a place for people to, to network and make these kind of intergenerational connections. Well, it's so perfectly timed as well, because if you add on to two years of a pandemic and like, then how do you, you know, the connection becomes even harder and, you know, harder to find. And then if you are in a home and you're the only person who is um, a member of the 2SLGBTQ plus community, then, you know, you're even more isolated. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Lily, so you, you referred a little bit about how, you know, you've, you've met your mentor now a couple of times and how it's really helped you with your own like self-exploration. Can you share a little bit about, about that and, and how even just over the last few weeks um, things have, have changed and, and, and how positive it is? Or Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll preface this by saying that um, the pandemic was uh, like big for me. It um, it is incredibly it was incredibly isolating, but also it it prompted me to uh, spend more time with myself and really look at myself. And uh, without going into it too much, I had a whole bunch of 
health issues. And so I had no time for a gender crisis. I was like that, I'm going to put that off. I'm a big procrastinator. I'm like, you know what? I need to focus on my health first. Um, but all of that kind of came to a close and I'm feeling a lot better now, which is great. But then I was like, well, what now? <laughs> what now? All that stuff. Time for the gender and, crisis. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff that was, that was bottled up that I, I needed to push aside to focus on, on priorities in my life were kind of coming back. So I, I came out as non-binary just this past uh, September to my friends and my mom. And so that was, it is like a, a completely new playing field for me because I, I knew that I kind of identified with that, but I didn't know what being non-binary meant in a bigger sense of like being in society. I knew, I was figuring out what that meant to me, um, but I had no one to talk to about this. I had, I do have a few uh, friends who are trans, but they are, they don't identify as non-binary. Uh, I know some trans women and trans men, um, which it was nice to talk to them, but their sense of gender was still very binary to them. Um, so having a non-binary mentor to talk to, uh, it helped alleviate my fears of like, what if I'm not non-binary enough? Like, what if I'm not androgynous enough? What if I'm not queer enough? Um, and wow. my mentor took what they took one look at me and said no you're <laughs> I can tell I could just tell like you know it's it's not how you look or how you dress that that they could tell it was just the person I was and it's that I mean in the past has been referred to as gaydar but it's more of a sense of solidarity in a sense of like I can feel in my gut not how you look not how you dress not how you present but like that we are similar in a in a core sense of that and that's what I was really missing it was nice to have the validation of like this is somebody like me who acknowledges that they are like me um, which I never had before. I, I do have, I'm lucky to have good friends here who support me and use my pronouns and things, but it is very different to have that sense of like, you are like me. I can sense it, not from how you look or present, but how you are. And in that way, it's a lot easier to talk to someone. Like we're not always, uh, we're not always talking about, our, our experience sometimes we just talk about life talk about work and things like that it's not um always related to um being non-binary or just being in the 2slgbtq plus community um but it's nice to know no matter what we're talking about that i like we had a sudden closeness yeah and just having that gender affirmation is I, and i I find it is very critical, especially for individuals who are non-binary. And I, I should preface as well, I identify as non-binary. But when I was younger, I went through that period of starting to take 
um, testosterone. And I was like, I need to be this like super macho man, because that's the only idea of trans that there is. You can't be anything other but the complete opposite. But there's so many binary boxes in between in the trans community that trans people don't even realize. And queer people don't even realize because it exists also within, you know, homosexual versus heterosexual. There's still boxes that we put each other in and labels there. Um, so finding someone who <laughs> can help kind of point your head in the right direction and not focus on what I'll, I'll say is like the cis expectation of trans people and so that you have real lived experiences and have real lived affirmations of your own identity that you can see out in I wanted to say out in the wild out in the world the wild world <laughs> um, yeah the wild world as it is nowadays um especially when you when you when you've been stuck in, in your own head for so long and that can be really really tough um so I'm I'm very happy that you were able to find that support and uh, also congrats on coming out because that's a major accomplishment <laughs> that I don't yeah. think people celebrate enough nowadays so yeah, congratulations. And, you know, and I like so much of what you're saying resonates to me, but it, coming from now, people listening would know then um, if you've read the background on Hey Sis, that I'm I'm the cis person in the room. Um, I am a parent of a trans child. And, you know, Lauren, what you said at the very beginning, like, you know, when our kiddo first came out and um, like we love love them wholeheartedly wholeheartedly wanted to support them, but there was that instant, um, and I don't know why, like what it is, it's the, I guess our societal configuration, that fear as a parent that your life is going to be harder. It was never, you know, oh, but you're choosing this road. It was like, it was that fear for us that it's going to be harder. And, and then we wanted to shield them from the idea of like the, the trans phobia that exists in the world. Cause they're so young that, you know, we didn't want them to have to experience that, but it, it, it filters out as you, as a parent, like you need positive representation. You need to connect with people. Um, and I think, you know, this program is so amazing for youth. It's probably would be amazing for parents too. And uh, when we do a parents group separately to help parents, you know, get in the game, you know, ask their questions, go through what they need to away from their kids. Right. So that they're not putting that upon them. But, um, but Lauren, like what you said, that idea of like, you just, need to um like be around someone who you know is like you even though you're not talking about the non-binary piece all the time or you know like it's just about you know knowing you're not alone in the world and i think as a parent we've i've really struggled with that through the pandemic trying to help my own kiddo find their people in the way because they would be like well i don't I don't need this. I don't need to, to jump into that, but you do want them to find, you know, someone else that they can talk to and really ask advice to that. I could never help them with as a cisgender person. Yeah. I just, uh, I wanted to resonate. You just remind me so much of my own mother, what she said when I uh, told her a couple months ago that I was starting to use they, them pronouns. And that's what I, what made me feel comfortable um she said a bunch of things but I think the thing that stuck with me the most was she said that is my worst fear and the words were so heavy especially because I like I said I had like a history of of illness and things like that and I was like that's that's so silly 
it's like it's it's such a valid fear but it's also like there are so many things that that could that are so much more impactful on me that I've been through like I've been through so many scary things just with health and like it's it's enlightening to hear you say that you had that and also kind of were working to overcome it because I think that's what a lot of uh parents of people like me they're not she didn't necessarily reject it but she said you know I'm scared like this is this I don't know where to go from here mm. and and I think this yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't no, mean- no, no, I'm good. That's- I was going to say, I think it's that fear too, that I just didn't know how to support them. And so for you connecting with a mentor, someone who's been through that process, you know, that's what it's all about. And so as a parent, I love that this program is out there. Cause I mean, for me, the fear is gone now. I love, I think like my kiddo being trans is their ultimate superpower. And, you know, I just think, you know, how resilient, how, how amazing, you know, and, um, you know, we fully just fully celebrate everything about it in, in, in our house. And, uh, but it is about like, you need to be able to break down that fear. Um, and so for, even for your own self navigating the future, I think probably, you know, this idea, um, Lauren, this program that you've created of connection and uh, shared experiences. And that is just, it really is changing lives. Like it will change lives. I hope that this it continues on. We should talk a little bit about more, you know, more too about the sustainability of your program and and uh, and how people are finding it so far. Like if there have been challenges that have surprised you, if it's um, if there's anything you change about it in future, um, any positive well, amazing. I, yeah, I wanted to say thank you for the kind words. First, um, I went into this um, kind of as a like a affirmation for myself to not let myself get too overwhelmed with starting the program, just saying if I could help one person and it would be a success, um, it would make everything that I went through worth it. And um, I think I think we've reached one person, so that's pretty cool. So let's keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, so in terms of project sustainability, um, I have a couple uh, routes that I think we could go. One is finding uh, additional funding from somewhere else. So currently I'm funded by the Pathy Foundation Fellowship, which is um, uh, an experiential learning opportunity for new university graduates to start their own community programs. Um, so after that runs out, which is going to be end of May this year, could look for other opportunities for funding uh, to continue as is and also to expand. Uh, or could add on to an existing organization's uh, current programming. So to add mentorship onto the existing youth programming that they do have. And I did did an interview on CBC recently, uh, on CBC radio, and some really great folks reached out to me after that. There was someone who's a director of public relations for a firm who reached out and said, I would love to volunteer to help advance your organization, to to do all of the things that public relations people are just experts in. It's beyond me. But um, and also someone who has uh, an MBA and has business background, especially with nonprofits. So we've, we kind of have this cool little team built up uh, and not just them. There's others, too, who are helping me advance uh, the program. 
Um, but yeah, I, I feel really lucky and well-equipped to tackle what comes next, whether that's applying for more funding or seeing how we can form partnerships with existing organizations in the community. Lily, do you want to share a little bit about like what you and your mentor have gotten up to and um, some of the commonalities that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the first time we hung out, we uh, got coffee and took a walk around Point Pleasant to get to know each other. It was nice just getting out in uh, fresh air. Um, uh, they really like... Um, they're part of a lot of uh, uh, queer sports teams, like local queer sports teams. I'm not as athletic, but it was really cool to uh, learn more about just what is out there in terms of intramural-like activities that are um, all genders included, which is really cool. Uh, this uh, We actually met Earlier this week on Tuesday as well, we went to Bolarama and then to Value Village for some thrift shopping. Oh, um, <laughs> it was very good. Um, just what you'd expect from a queer mentorship program. Like we both were like bowling and Value Village. <laughs> um, but I feel like uh, we're we're quite different people like we have a similar experience but they're quite uh they're quite athletic like I said um I'm definitely more of a techie my major is computer science so I do a lot of coding and video gaming and stuff like that um but we realize you know we we like the same foods the same coffee um we both like getting out and laughing at the funny t-shirts we find at value village there's so many bad ones um they even recommended me a book of i wish i could remember the author um it was a book of queer essays written by a trans woman it's a famous book um which i'm reading now uh, yeah, it's been it's been really fun so far, and I'm looking forward. Lauren is uh, organizing a larger organization event that's coming up soon, so I I hope to perhaps go to that. I didn't know if you wanted to uh, share anything more about that. I would love to. Um, yeah. So in addition to the one-on-one -on -one mentorship component of Proud Pairs, there's also a larger group component. So getting all mentors and mentees together to just build connections outside of their one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, when I first started getting the word out about Proud Pairs on Instagram, there was someone who saw it um, who works for a rock climbing gym in Dartmouth and just like the most generous amazing human um, offered to uh, run free programming, free activities nights for Proud Pairs um, so that everyone can rock climb and, and do some other sports in the gym or like just have a place to hang out and talk so that we can all build those connections. So really excited about that. Going to be happening in about a month's time, mid-March. That's super exciting. I love that yeah. community organizations are reaching out and are like, hell yeah, like use my space. Like that's, I, know. I love that. I love Halifax for that. 
Um, I know, we're so lucky. I know. And uh, I, I have to ask, so how can folks go about either getting involved in in Proud Pairs, it, whether it be through the as a mentee or a mentor? Mm-hmm. So currently, not opening up registration for the time being for additional mentors and mentees, because I do want to figure out the funding situation just before I onboard new people. And then maybe in a couple months time, I can't get something going. And then uh, I suddenly have to say, sorry, no more money. (laughs) Don't don't come. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but if you are interested for the future, Um, I would recommend going to the Proud Pairs website. It's just proudpairs.com. And there you're going to find two tabs. There's one, become a mentor. One is become a mentee. And on those two tabs, there's registration forms. So you fill out some information um, regarding yourself, uh, your hobbies, your interests. And if you want to disclose your sexual orientation, gender identity, uh, and race, Just so if you did, if mentees do want to be matched with someone uh, similar to them. So for example, Lily, I remembered that uh, you want, you wanted to be matched with a non-binary mentor for very obvious reasons, um, then folks can do that. Um, Yeah, that's, that's what I would recommend for now. Check out the website or shoot me an email. My contact info is on the website or info at proudpairs.com. And uh, I can definitely get you on a wait list or even if you wanted to chat more about Proud Pairs, I would absolutely love that. <laughs> we'll put all the links to in, in the show notes. Um, but just uh, so people know, so the, the program is open to ages is it 14 to 25 for mentees. You know what, Cynthia, I, uh, the, the original ages were 15 to 23, but at this point we have everyone from 13 or 14 to 26. So, um, I really that. anyone who wants a, a mentor is more than welcome to, to join regardless of age, because nowadays, I mean, not just nowadays, but in general, some people discover themselves and, 30s 40s like really who any anyone who feels like they would benefit from that mentorship is more than welcome to apply and then there's a little bit of there's a training program that everybody goes through and for mentors I believe there's probably a criminal record check which that can be triggering and that can be like nerve-wracking I'm assuming that you help like hold hands through the whole process ensure it's very inclusive and supportive for people going through that process yeah, so um, currently we have an online uh, criminal reference reference check that people can complete, um, hopefully just to reduce any barriers when it comes to getting out to uh, a police station, which obviously isn't ideal. Um, but besides a criminal record check, yeah, we have uh, an interview just to make sure that uh, people are coming in with the right intentions. And we do run that training session for both mentors and mentees to make sure everyone's on the same page about boundaries, active listening, uh, principles of effective mentorship, and just how to get the most out of the relationship. If you're looking to help support the program, uh, you can find the links in our show notes. You can head over to Proud Pairs and, you know, there might be the opportunity to make a donation or be a corporate sponsor of this program. And hey, corporate places, maybe you want to donate space or provide something like an activity to help support this program because it's amazing and they need your support. And so I think if a lot of people here, you know, in the area can come together to help support it, um, you know, it's uh 
not only can it continue, but maybe it can expand outwardly throughout Nova Scotia and then beyond. That would be fantastic. That's the dream. I was curious about, I know when we talked, because we were talking about for my own, my own teenager, and I talked to a couple because we run a support group for parents and caregivers of trans and uh, gender expansive children, um, kids that might be exploring their identities. And um, a couple of the parents uh, uh, with the age group that my kiddo is within, which is kind of that, let's say, you know, 15, 16, you know, and, you know, it can be a period where, you know, you just hate the world. It's like, no, I don't like anybody. So this is not for me. But in some ways, as a parent, I'm looking, going, you need this the most. It's going to be amazing. You know, are you finding like, how can we, you know, how can you maybe, how can we break down the barriers or Lily, like, what might you say to someone who is like 15 or 16 that might just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm so nervous like that, you know, that fear of awkwardness, like how do I even start talking to somebody new about these kind of things, maybe some advice um, or encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, um, I have someone in my life who is exactly the kid that you're describing um, without, I don't want to share any of their personal details, but um, trans and gender expansive within that age range, also just uh, hating a lot of the world. <laughs> um, and I, as somebody who uh, did not explore uh, that kind of thing until more recently, I would say enjoy life, but more importantly, enjoy yourself and try not to focus so much on, on other people and all that negative energy that you're directing outwards is... It, it's wasting energy when you could be looking at yourself and you could be um, learning to enjoy who you are, which is a hard thing to do at that age. I know I certainly didn't, but if I was talking to myself when I was 15, 16, I would definitely say, you know what, really take the time to figure out what you like to do. It's okay if you're not sure. It's okay if you're not sure of who you are or who you want to be. Nothing is permanent. People will, people often say to kids that age, oh, it's just a phase. Everything in life is, life is a series of phases. That is what life is. I can say that I wasn't the same as I was last year, the year before. Like this pandemic should really show people that life is a series of phases. And you know what, maybe in the future, I will not resonate with the non-binary label like I am now, but that's not important. I think what's important is like the here and now that, for example, for me, the non-binary label is something that I feel fits me right in the moment, whether it's, you know, going to be the rest of my life, like, you know, who cares? Who cares? I'm not focused on the rest of my life. I'm focused on the here and now and what makes me feel good. And maybe it is a phase, but I'd say I, I wish people weren't so concerned with kids at that age. Like, oh, it's just a phase. Like what's, what's so bad about it being a phase, you know? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of parents struggle a lot with that and you're, you're so true. And I couldn't say it more for the past 
two or how many years we've been in the pandemic um, is that everything is comes and goes in phases and you can never predict what's going to happen in five years hell you can't even predict what's going to happen tomorrow we don't know if a storm's going to come blow down our house we just got to live in the moment and power through um and it's 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 so critical to for for youth um and anyone under the anyone at any age i should say to find someone that they relate to and that they connect to and that they can see themselves into and that can help motivate them to feel like they're not alone and they're not stuck in their own head um so i'm i'm personally myself um looking back at my own childhood i know how much benefit how beneficial this program could have been to someone like myself and I'm, I'm very thankful and hopeful for all the amazing work that uh that your team and will be doing uh outside internally and externally um within the community so it's uh it's very exciting yeah thank you both for joining us on the show and if there's anything else you'd like to add or, or share now um the floor is yours i uh... <laughs> I think we're all good. This has just been so fun to come and talk on ASIS and everything that you two are saying, uh, Cynthia and Isaac um, and Lily, you three are just like resonating constantly. My brain is just like, yes, yes, yes. They get it. <laughs> and so, we need to have more yeah. conversations like this, right? Because as Lily said, you sure. know, like it's life is a series of phases and we're so hell bent on shoving people into these boxes, you know, or the dominant, you know, straight cis is, you know, we got to compartmentalize people. And it's like, so what, if this is me now and this meet me where I'm at, meet me where I'm at and see me for who I am and just be respectful. Yeah. And the yeah. idea that you need to always know who you are every single time of the day, if you don't know who you are, then you're, you're, you're not, you're not doing good. Mm -hmm. But you know what, like, as I said, like you're not, you, no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So you got to live kind of periodically throughout the day and make the most of everything. So make, what was that saying goes, make, uh, Every like make lemonade, use, use lemons, make the lemonade or whatever that is. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Turn it. Yeah. Turn the lemons into lemonade or, yeah. oh, no, I love this one. If, uh, if you're feeling that in your life or your life is full of lemons, hold on. <laughs> no, if yeah, if you're feeling in your life right now that's full of lemons, find someone who has tequila. <laughs> there you go. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this conversation. But um, thanks right. so much, you too. Take thanks care. You too. Bye. Thanks, Lily. Bye. That's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. The conversation doesn't have to stop here, though. If you would like to get in touch with us to ask us a question or share your story on a future episode, you can email us at connect at simplygoodform.com or visit us on our website at www.hasis.com. 